when you connect with your heart, so now you're feeling into that part of your body, and when you notice that part of your body without judging it, like if you if you realize your chest is slightly think, oh my gosh, maybe I should go to the ER or something, that doesn't work. Okay, so that fuels a stress response. But when you just get curious about sensations or somebody might say, oh, there was a pattern of energy there. When you can do it that way, it becomes instantly organizing for the system. So noticing without judgment changes brain waves, balances the autonomic nervous system, turns on the vagus nerve, and then, you know, from there we can benefit across the board. And we don't know exactly what benefit we're gonna get, even though the research shows a broad spectrum of benefit, but we have to do it. Everybody's wired, you know, differently. So Tuning into the heart is the first thing as opposed to just thinking about it or stuff. The next step is to breathe slower. And often with the breath, you know, we think, oh, I'm going to breathe to get rid of my anxiety or whatever it might be. And in this case, we're not breathing to fix anything. We're not breathing to get rid of anxiety because remember, the anxiety is just, it's a kind of an energy. It's knocking on the door. It's saying, you need to tune in because you're not really balanced. We can help you with that. So breathing slowly, the research kind of focuses on five seconds in, five seconds out is pretty predictably dependable number for balancing the the nervous system. And you don't want to push that or strain to do that. Maybe, you know, for a lot of folks in my office, I'll start with three seconds because you'll sit and watch people breathe and they're anxious or they're in pain and their their in-breath is a second and a half and their out-breath is a second and a half. So that breathing pattern is a pattern that signals threat. And a lot of us have something akin to that as a regular breath cycle. And so the the brain and probably the, the amygdala is always monitoring the rhythm of the heart. You know, there's more information going to the brain from the heart than the other way around. So the heart is telling the brain, if we're okay, if we're safe. But if we have that short, rapid breath going, the brain is signal that we're under attack. So make cortisol make stress chemistry, fuel inflammation, fuel tension, all that. And it's tough to fight that kind of neurological programming with a, you know, a thought that, oh, just take it easy. The emotional centers of the brain are much more powerful than the conscious parts, the thinking, the thinking parts. But if I can slow my breath down, and, and ideally I'd shoot for the five seconds in, five out, variations of that, but when you breathe like that, the heart rhythm changes. And it actually, and, and it's, it's a measurement called heart rate variability. When you breathe slow like that, the breath becomes incrementally faster and incrementally slower. So it's akin to beat, 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 over and over again. And if you connect all those beats getting faster and slower, you get something approximating a sine wave. So in the software, if you see a sine wave, then maybe the, the heartbeat goes from 60 to 70 or 60 to 80. That's a 
a sign of higher heart rate variability, which has more balanced autonomic nervous system that runs everything, more vagal activation, more vagus nerve. So we tune into the heart, we breathe slow to signal the brain that even though we may live in a crazy, messed up, confusing, chaotic world, at this moment, we're safe. And so then instead of the brain being instructed to do the stress chemistry and all that stuff, it says, hey, at this point, we don't need cortisol that'll put you know weight on the middle and destroy your memory. We can, we'll make some DHEA, that youthing hormone. Um, we'll kick out more oxytocin so we feel more connected to the people we love and maybe even strangers. So those two steps right there begin to change who you are. And the science is that if you do that regularly, you repattern your brain. But the, the shifting of gears can happen within 10 or 12 seconds of doing the slow breath. But, you know, we want it to last. We want to become different over time. So that's where daily practice comes in. And, and then the, the last step for that heart-focused breathing is to feel a, a heartwarming feeling. So it could be, oh, I'm caring for myself. That feels nice. Or it could be, gee, I appreciate having this amazing heart gizmo in the middle of my chest. Or think about somebody you love or a pet or your favorite place in nature. We're not, <clears throat> we're not avoiding stressful feelings. We're not trying to push them away. But if we can actually connect with an authentic, heartfelt feeling, it creates more and more neurological order. It creates better heart rate variability, better nervous system balance. And then there's a, a relatively new field in psychology called positive psychology, which is built on the same idea that if we could experience more heartfelt, heartwarming emotions, it's reprogramming the brain. So it would be easier then. Let's say we wanted it, we, were, we needed to deal with some trauma. If you're waiting for the next shoe to drop and you're not feeling very whole, it's difficult to be with difficult feelings. But if you could begin to feel more stable and whole and loving and secure from the inside, then those other feelings could process more readily. We could let go of them easier. So it's as simple as sitting down, experiencing your heart, just noticing what might be there, taking those five seconds in, nice deep breaths, five seconds out, and then trying to, to create through experiencing a positive emotion like gratitude or, or love for a friend or family member or a pet. Yep. And the key, that was a great summary. And the key to that third step is feeling it, you know, to really like bathe in it, savor it. And then there are variations of that where we can do other things with the feelings, but that's huge. And then I would just say if we're gonna if we end up doing this, because a lot of us are so good at avoiding feelings, suppressing them, numbing, a good place to start is to notice how am I right now? Or uh, I've got a goal and gee, I feel not so good about the goal, or there's some fear, there's some doubt. If we can, and just like with the expressive, this is a pinch of the expressive writing theory. 
if we can connect with the truth and maybe the not so sweet truth of how a particular part of our life is, and then bring the heart wisdom and neurological balance to that, we're going to be more creative. You know, if I was a ball player and was afraid of a fastball, with this process, I would think about how do I feel when I'm at the plate, knowing this person may throw a fastball at me. And so feel the feelings that go with that and hear the thoughts that go with that. So know what what's real about that. And you would do the same thing with a trauma therapy too. But acknowledge the truth first. So the system says, oh, I could help you balance that. But if it's hiding in the basement, you don't you don't get as much uh, balance for that. But so feel what's there about anything you'd like to work on and then activate the heart wisdom so that you're going to be more resourceful. So no matter what's ex- what you're experiencing now, just notice what you're experiencing. Yeah. And if somebody's in a state where it's there's something really horrible going on for them, you know, we never want to use these tools to overwhelm ourselves. I mean, we can do that without the tool, right? So, but the idea was if you could pick a piece of it, a bite-sized chunk, don't torture yourself. But yeah, to to be able to connect with it and feel what's there without it being too much. If Dr. Templer, if you don't mind, let's a few minutes, could you could you guide myself and the audience through this? My pleasure. Yeah. So maybe we'll do maybe 5 minutes, something like that. So, yeah. So if you're not uh, flying a plane or driving a car, I would you can close your eyes, and then you can notice how you feel, how busy your head is. You can notice for pains or emotional qualities that you uh, may wish weren't there. And we can always just go from this kind of neutral place, or if you have something that you're working on, a specific issue, a challenge, a problem, personal or business, you could bring that to mind so that this process will be more specific in terms of in terms of balancing and turning on creative insight. So whatever it is, you could bring that to mind as long as it's not too much. And notice, oh, how that feels. And don't analyze, but you could name it like, oh, anxious about the dentist or whatever. Um, But just naming what you're experiencing turns out to be neurologically balancing. Wishing it wasn't there creates disorder. So, yep, you've you've got to notice how you are, how things are specific to that challenge. And maybe uh, also you could note for yourself not only where you feel it, but how it feels. But you might give it an intensity number, like a one to ten. Oh, it's a, it's in the middle. It's a five, or it's way up there. And then just take a nice breath and let it go. And we do this with an attitude of, yeah, we're experimenting. We're We'll trust our body's wisdom that somehow the body knows how to do this if I just take a time out for my normal my normal mode. And then we connect with our hearts. We connect with the middle of the chest and uh, notice how it feels. 
there may be something there to notice physically, like a heartbeat or pressure or tension. Maybe something more emotional, excited about learning something new or the feelings that go with your challenge or how you were. But we just notice that part of us in a curious, kind, patient way as if you're that part of you is just waiting for this kind of contact. You know how when someone just is there with you and you know they care and they're giving you all the attention you need, we would give our heart that quality of attention. And while we're doing that and we're open to whatever comes, something new may come, a thought, a memory, a feeling, but while we're noticing in the heart, we begin to breathe more slowly. And ideally, you're breathing through your nose. And the breath goes in, two, three, four, or five. Out, two, three, four, or five. And it's a gentle stream. Not a lot of air. I wouldn't call it necessarily deep breathing, but imagine a a drawn-out, delicate stream of breath. And you do that with a relaxed belly and a relaxed heart, relaxed chest. Slow in, slow out, maybe a tad deeper than normal while you're noticing your heart and you're open to whatever comes, thoughts, feelings, memories. And if you're distracted, that's not a problem. If your mind drifts, that's not a problem at all. You just, oh, gently, respectfully come back to your heart and your slow breath. And then if we can throw in a pinch of imagination and bring to mind some heart warming something, something that I appreciate, something that I'm grateful for, someone I love, a person, a place in nature. A simple scene works. Oh, a beautiful blue sky. And if you feel that heart felt something, just savor the living daylights out of it, enjoy it, and know that that's fueling more balanced, nervous system and uh, supporting you across the board. Now, if you're kind of coming back to experiencing your body directly and your feelings, you may not feel a whole lot when you do that. But the intention is what's most important. The intention is I'm, I'm wanting to feel, I'm wanting to connect with my heart and I'm really open to connecting with those heartfelt, soul-warming things. And if we just keep practicing, um, the feeling will return. So noticing that middle part of your chest, your heart, noticing however that feels, and we could notice that part of us as sensations or feelings, we might, we might call what we experience, oh, a pattern of energy. 
But in those ways, we get to notice without judging. We can just be curious, and that's what fuels integration. Then we add the slow breath and the heartfelt feeling or the intention to have a heartfelt feeling. And now, if we had all of us hooked up to some heart rate variability software, we're going to see more of a sine wave. And with practice, that sine wave will become smoother and the amplitude usually will increase. So it's a bigger wave, higher peaks, lower valleys, and that new heart rhythm is being monitored by the amygdala in your brain to say, oh my gosh, crazy world, safe right now. And let's turn on the creativity and the insight and the good life supportive chemistry. And the more we do that, the more it becomes a part of us. We're loosening the old, the grip the old programming has on us. And we're creating new programming that's more life supportive. And as we do this sort of thing, you may actually have insight about your creative challenge or some something else. But we're priming the pump for that because when your brain is more orderly, intuition, creative insight is a natural function. Stress turns it off. So don't be surprised if when you, you're driving to work or taking a shower or you wake up after a night's sleep that you have some new insight, a new perspective on what previously had been some kind of blocked creative process. So we gently acknowledge how we're doing right now. You can notice how you feel compared to when we started. If anything feels different, if mentally or emotionally or physically, if on any level you sense even a smidgen of improvement, appreciate that. Now, if you experience a more dramatic change, that's easier to acknowledge and appreciate, but any change, even uh, a minor one that's appreciated. It, it signals to the system that, oh, you're doing the right thing. Oh, yeah, okay, let's do more of that. You know, a small step over time adds up to a lot of, lot of change. And if you could maybe throw in a pinch of appreciation for yourself, just willing to do this for yourself, Regardless of your early life programming, regardless of your cultural program, programming to know that you're willing to do this loving intervention for yourself that's very real, very research supported. And you're not only helping yourself to do better, but you're one person, you know, at a time inviting more kindness and compassionate connection, not only with yourself, but most likely with others as well. And we could probably use an extra heaping dose of that right about now. So take a little time to 
notice how you are to gently bring your attention back into your environment. Be aware of your breath. You could, when the time's right, slowly open your eyes so you don't jar, jolt yourself. And then once again, anything that seems uh, different, improved, helpful, just appreciate that and know that this is baked into your nervous system to do this, but it takes stepping out of our normal mode, our you know robot-like programmed habits. <laughs>